0: This technique is based on a gun being pointed at your chest. One, never show that you're going to do any type of reaction, so you always want to look, look down. First thing to do is to push the gun away from the body. Push by turning and grabbing the gun at the back. Fingers on the hammer. Second, twist the gun back towards your target and pull. Once you pull, Load the gun, and point directly towards the stomach. as you step away. Okay, defense against a rear choke. (laughs) Step one, grab the pant leg.
1: Step
0: two, attack the groin.
1: Step three, throw the head.
0: Defense against a headlock. Step
2: one, control your opponent. Step two, grab the waist. Step three, put your heel behind the front foot. Bring it down and back away. Okay, we
3: are doing the knife defense for when the mugger come up and uh, put the knife to your throat, just like that. Step one, as in most weapon technique, look submissive, uh, don't make them nervous. Step two, deflect the arm away while stepping into them, bring your armpit to their armpit. Step three, roll the knife and their wrist, and the knife will pop right out, and back away.
4: Okay, so I'm gonna explain defense from strikes from the mouth. So the attacker is gonna take me down. you am gonna get on my chest, on my stomach or my chest, and start throwing strikes. From here, I wanna defend myself. So i make my helmet, by grabbing the back of my head, and my wrist, I'm making an opening, small enough for me to see through, but not big enough for the to punch through. From there, I'm trying to move the, out of the way of the strikes. I'm gonna come up, grab his shirt, and buck forward. Step two, I'm gonna grab him around the waist as tight as I possibly can. From there, step three, I'm gonna bite and fuck at a 45 degree angle in the opposite direction. From there, I get up, strike to the coin. Stop. I didn't
3: make my... Welcome back to the Johnny Tiger Experience, episode 20. Today's quote, a kind word can warm three winter months. I am Johnny Tiger. And this is my universe. And here we are with episode 20. Woohoo! We are making 20 episodes. Actually, that's quite impressive considering the Johnny Tiger Experience podcast has been less than two months old. Some, For some other podcast, it can take 10 months before they reach 20 episodes. Uh, I guess that just showed you that I either have nothing better to do or I just love to hear myself talk well the, f- the former is definitely not true, and the latter is uh somewhat of an exaggeration. I actually hate listening to myself talk, which makes editing these podcasts really really torturous because when I hear my own voice, uh I just get the wheelies all over and not the good kind either. uh I don't mind my own singing voice, but when I hear myself talk it's just like, oh, man, who is this nerdy, dopey guy that's talking? <laughs> you know, students, they say the darndest things sometimes. Like, that if I can make a compilation of all the wacky stuff I've heard from people I've trained, I think that would make a small novella all on its own. A lot of them are downright hilarious. Um... A few examples uh, let me think how about this one i was training uh, one of my kid students one time and uh, he was eight years old at the time i believe and in the middle of the training he asked me he said sensei i said don't call me sensei i i you know just just call me johnny it's fine but he's sensei um what did you get when you uh, fought in the world tournament I uh, said, uh, I got silver, and he said, ah, it's too bad you're blind, if you're not blind you would have been the best fighter in the world. Uh, I wasn't sure if I should get uh, annoyed with him or not for that one. Uh, it did hurt a little bit, but at the same time it was so innocent that it was funny. Uh, kind of flattering too, I guess. Uh, and how about this one? There was another time Uh, when I was teaching, again, my kids' students. And in the middle of the class, because there was a lot of horsing around. When you are teaching kids, you have to uh, sort of tone down the seriousness of the class and just make it fun. So we were horsing around and one one of my uh, hearing aid fell off and went missing because, you know, it's really hard to find with the color uh, being black. And uh, the, the a mat on the floor uh, kind of uh, camouflaged it. So we were all looking around for it, and I was looking around frantically because it's like $3,000 hearing aid. And my kids' student came over and said, Sensei, why don't you go sit on the side and we'll look for it. You are blind. You will, you will never find it. Well they didn't find it. After they left, I sat down and did a systematic search. And found it myself. I ended up calling their mom and say, hey, you want to tell your kids that that blind guy who couldn't find it found it. <laughs> well, how about this one? Uh, the other day I was teaching a student, this one an adult, uh, uh, actually a good friend uh, whom I've been friends with for many many years but whom just recently uh, became my student. And in the middle of training, he said to me, he said, You know, I always thought you were just a normal guy, but it's not that. Not until now that I started training with you that I realized it's probably a good thing that all these years, no matter how pissed off I got with you, I never challenged you to a fight because you are clearly not human. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, students say the darnest thing sometimes. And with that, let's go into today's program. Uh, We'll start with another episode of Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything.
1: Find the keys to your heart.
3: So, many people ask me, why would a blind guy... Um, dedicate a large part of his life to martial art and teaching martial art and training in martial art because martial art is such a physical thing it's not your typical it's not a typical thing for a blind person to choose as a career path my answer has always been because that is my purpose because that is um what I was born to be good at, Uh, I think uh, a lot of us are born with a set, uh, a fixed set of skills and uh, attributes, sort of like in a role-playing game. When you create a character, you roll his or her attributes and he might have a strength of ten, an intelligence of five, or whatever. Yada yada yada. And I happen to be one of those lucky individuals who were born with the ability to move really fast, hit really hard, and I can uh, memorize moves uh, almost on a photographic level. And also, I am very tolerant toward pain, uh, I'm very driven, uh, i it's really hard to get me to quit something, uh, also I am a fairly decent teacher, so all that adds up to me making a very good martial art person. Uh, and I'm not a religious person, I, I don't, you know, I believe mostly just in my own two fists. <laughs> um, But I do think that everyone has been born with a set purpose or a set path. That is not to say that you cannot go on a different path. Sure you can, that's free will, Uh, that's freedom. And you you know, human nature is fluid by definition. But it's like, um, you know, you take take a round ice cube and try to put it in a square ice cube uh, tray sure it's going to fit you know it's it's not going to fit perfectly but it will fit Uh, so if you were born to be a knife that's not to say that i can't use you or you can't use yourself as a screwdriver (laughs) if you want to it's not the most uh uh, it's not the easiest way to do things but you know if you were born a knife and you want to be a screwdriver uh, well (laughs) you might end up with a few broken tips but it can be done if you were born to be a sword but you want to use yourself to chop down trees even though you weren't born to be an axe well it probably can be done too it's not easy but it can be done too so uh you know just because you are born to do this uh, some people are born to be extremely good musicians and everyone will tell them you should be a musician But they choose to be uh, uh, They choose to be a lawyer Because of cultural pressures uh, family pressures, yada, yada, yada That doesn't mean they'll be a bad lawyer That just means they probably would have made a better musician than a lawyer uh, I do a lot of other things, you know martial arts is, is not my only identity I am also a Counselor, and I'm also a lot of other stuff. But martial art is probably the biggest part of my life because it is my purpose and I have found my purpose. How did I know when I found my purpose? Because whenever I am teaching martial art or practicing martial art or even fighting in tournaments, it's when I can say I'm truly, truly at peace with everything. I'm happy. I'm happy with myself. I think life can't get any better. Uh, I find that contentment, that center of balance. So that's when I knew I found my purpose. How about you?
1: Previously on Johnny Tiger.
3: The following is an excerpt from Johnny's video diary episode 28, titled DIY. For the full video with visual, please visit johnnytiger.com and go to the YouTube page from there. I don't know how. Old this chair really is. It was already second hand and quite old uh, when I got it, and I've had it for about ten years. Now I've always think that this chair would be so much better if there was a headrest on it. Than when I watching a movie or something, and I can just put my head back. One thing I've learned through the years um, is when you are on the brink. Of being low-income like myself and still want to be able to support your more extravagant hobbies like collecting action figures doing martial arts play music or collecting weapons is that sometimes you have to forego the easy comfort other people have Uh, a lot of you probably can just go out and go to uh, IKEA or wherever you go to get a new chair but in my case I have to learn to improvise first we take this piece of uh, very doable and flexible plastic with a tray from my old CD player I'm going to screw this a piece of plastic to the back of my chair uh, so it can act as a support A lot of you uh, who end up watching this probably uh, will have all kind of better ideas I I never claim to be the most best, the best person at this DIY stuff Uh, I just use the materials I can uh, whatever materials available to me at the time if you feel like you have to laugh at this, go ahead. As long as in the end I get a headrest, I don't care. There we go. Now we have a nice uh, support on uh, the back of the chair. Uh, not quite as centered as I wanted to be, but anyway. Uh, to sit down in the chair, and if I put this here, oh yeah, not bad. Of course, uh, to make that work, I'll have to go get something to tie it with. It's not going to be the most attractive chair, but it's what it was—it never was in the first place. So, all I'm doing here is making it a little bit more ugly, uh, but a lot more comfortable. Now, if you ever wonder where I get all these wacky ideas to like do things at home, most of this is uh, from my brother David. He was a true mechanical tool genius of the family. So a lot of these things I pretty much learned when I was little, hanging out with my brother. Watching him pick log, stealing car, repair our television at home. All kinds of stuff. Uh, Oh, but you know this is actually quite comfortable Like I said, not much to look at But Hey It works <laughs> i would be damned, it works The Johnny Tiger Experience Podcast will be back right after the break.
2: You were my best friend, so now I feel that it's only right that I thank you for stealing my wife. But I should warn you that what you see ain't always what you get, and I should know she nearly ruined my life. She spins like crazy, she's lazy and she don't take it up the ass And if I were you, I would dearly think twice She's got six credit cards and a house payment And in case you didn't know just what that meant I hate to break the news, but dude, you're screwed You got the stole my bad woman blue I'm having a hard time without her, how I miss her so. I've had to fuck me a different woman every night. But if you're thinking about bringing her on home where well, there's no refunds, no trade ins, no dice, I'm having a little party, pal, I wish you were here. Cause I'm spending all my money on women and beer. I hate to break the news. But dude you screwed you got to stole my bad one and blue. Christmas buying all those toys for six screaming brats who came from my loins. I hate to break the news, but dude, just screw Your got stole my bad woman blues. Hold on, you also get her sisters and her uncle Bob, and that ain't all. For if you act now, you get the mother-in-law know you meant well but paybacks are hell now you got those old my bad woman blues thank you you got those stole my bad woman blues
4: blades 101
3: where plastic bottles meet their doom. Welcome back to another Blades 101 where we talk about blade-related stuff, all the fun stuff about knives and swords and axes and uh, anything blade-related, really. Today I want to talk about something really basic uh, A lot of you probably already know that and if you, uh, uh, y- y- if you know something different Please feel free to chime in Or if you know a good survival knife And want to recommend one Feel free to chime in to share um, I am not a knife snob <laughs> I'm not one of these guys who live out in the bushes I'm not one of these guys who know uh 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 5 you know uh 50 uh 5040 steel from uh uh 1095 steel um but i do have my preferences i have worked with knives of all kinds for many years so i will give my best educated opinion here however if you catch me saying something wrong don't be uh, shy and uh, don't hesitate to correct me. Like I said, it, I'm not uh, I'm not any kind of a knife connoisseur. So, how to pick a good survival knife and what is a good survival knife? Let's talk about wh- what's what is a survival knife. Well, a survival knife is a knife that will you can depend upon for multiple uh, outdoor situations. A survival knife is if I drop you in the middle of a jungle or on on an island where there's no technology, you can depend on this knife to do multiple tasks. So let's look at the basics. Um, A folding knife does not make a good survival knife. There are folding knives that can be survival knives, but those are folding knives in the $600-$700 range, and if you want to spend that much to get a folding knife as a survival knife, it's not worth it, because you can get a perfectly good survival knife for about $100. So a survival knife should be fixed blade, so there's no moving parts that's going to break, in the nick of time. A survival knife have to be full tang. This means that the knife is one piece of metal and uh, that that extend all the way to to the end of the hilt. I might as well say this here, most survival knives that you see on the market today are gimmicky. They are not real survival knives. These things that come with you know compass and fishing line and uh, uh, hooks and weights uh, in the there's a compartment in the handle that holds these things. These are not good survival knives. For the simple reason to leave room for these items in the handle the knife is not full tang. The tang only go halfway, sometimes only like a quarter way. And if you get a lousy survival knife made in Taiwan, then the, the Tang is only like an inch long or less. So that the first time you do something hardcore with that knife, it's going to snap off in your hand. When people tell you that this knife holds this and that and that in its handle, so it's safe room on your person, that's BS, because the amount of space that's going to take up in the handle to hold this item, you might as well carry a little ziplock bag and hold this item in it, because believe me, it's not worth sacrificing the handle to hold a fishing line. So a survival knife must be full tang, a survival knife, a good survival knife must have a pommel Or a butt cap, whatever you call it. Why? Because that is your improvised hammer. With this butt cap, you can hammer all kind kind of stuff, like if you are building a shelter and you don't have a hammer on your person, you can use the butt end of your knife as a hammer. This butt cap usually is brass or stainless steel, so if now, unlike what most people say, it is a, some people call it a skull crush, crusher. Some people say this is for breaking skulls. No, it's, I mean, it can be used for that, but it's not what it's meant for. That large round pommel is so you can use your knife as a hammer. Uh, here is a little warning for you guys. If you ever use your knife as a hammer, um, please leave the sheath on the knife. Because sometimes your hand will slip and if you are using the knife as a hammer and your hand suddenly slip or let go, the knife is going to bounce out back at you, point first, okay? Nasty accident have happened before. Please keep the sheath on the knife when you want to use the knife, the butt end of the knife as a hammer. Common sense, always remember that. A good survival knife would also have a non-slip grip. That means if your hand get bloody, slippery, whatever, this knife will still be secure in your hand. A good survival knife would have good crossguard, so when you're doing heavy duty chopping through the bushes, using the knife to cut down trees, your hand will not get hurt as much. A good survival knife should have combo edge, which means part of the knife is straight edged, is plain edge, and part of the knife is serrated. Why? Because this way you can use your knife as a knife, and also use your knife as a saw when you have to. A good survival knife should be long enough, at least 6 inches in length, uh, that's I'm talking about the blade, and for the simple reason. If the knife break for any purpose, for any reason, then you still have some blade left to use. You won't be left without the knife. A good survival knife should, in, in theory, have a back edge. That means the back of the knife should, uh, near the tip, have a secondary edge that you can sharpen and use as a secondary knife. A good survival knife should have a thick spine, so when you want to do batoning, when you need to use the knife to baton, there is a contact point for your hammer. Uh, So a thick spine is quite important, also it makes the knife a lot stronger to work with. A good survival knife should have holes in the handle, so in... uh, the right situation you can lash the knife to a stick and turn it into a spear. All that said, uh, what I recommend as my personal pick for a survival knife, it's a classic K-bar USMC marine fighting knife which has a 7 inch combo edge blade, a leather stacked handle, full tang with a brass butt cap and a cross guard. I've sharpened the secondary edge on mine to be razor sharp as well. And this knife I've taken, I've I put to the task. I've taken the camping, hiking, chopped through bushes and baton wood and all kind of stuff. And it has lived up to its re- reputation as a good, solid utility survival knife. The only thing I would recommend changing on the USMC knife is if you can, get it with the Cadora or plastic uh, sheath rather than the leather sheath. For the simple reason that a good survival knife should not have a leather sheath, because leather does not weather as well as plastic. A plastic sheath can pretty much last forever, while a leather sheath will fall apart uh, when the elements get to it. That is the Blades 101 of the day. Remember, whenever you play with knives and sharp objects, be safe and use common sense. I do have a fondness for K-bar knives, and that I must admit there's a bit of bias there. Reason being that my K-Bar USMC knife, well, first of all, and here is my bragging right, I have one of the earlier ones that actually made in USA, rather than like the current ones you get that made in China. I don't know if that actually makes them make a difference, but uh, those of us who have the old USA-made copies tend to like to think so. We like to think that our more expensive USA-made k bars uh, superior to this current stock of uh, cheaper copies made in China. But who knows? Maybe we are just uh, being snobbish. Um, but more than that, my fondness for my K-Bar survival knife is because uh, it was probably the first real uh, meaningful knife that my mother has bought me and also it was the last knife uh, my mother had bought me as a gift. So wh- it, it, it is both the first and the last. My mom had bought me a lot of knives before that when I was a teenager but most of them were wall hangers and not very practical stuff because uh, my mom didn't really know one knife from another. My mom just went by what kind of ornaments, what kind of furniture that was on the knife. Uh, so she bought a lot of these stub tanks, rat tail tanks, uh, uh, low quality stuff that were uh, had dragon heads and eagle wings and all the really cool looking stuff on them. Uh, things that generally didn't survive being uh, put to the test by me as a child. <laughs> so, I remember that day we were at a shopping center. I was 16 years old, and we went to my favorite cutlery knife store. And my mom, as usual, tried to interest me in a bunch of cool-looking, but in practical knives and I asked the store clerk the that was very eagerly trying to uh, land another sale on us and I said do you have something practical do you have something that I can actually use when I go camping because when I go camping I don't want something that have a dragon head or eagles wings or a phoenix uh, design on it that would just be lame. I want something that I can actually take it out there and uh, it won't break as soon as I try to chop wood with it. And the, uh, the the clerk came out and showed me the K-Bar USMC. Now I remember at the time my mom was really opposed to getting me that because. It, it didn't look like much. But those of you who uh, seen it, uh, the K-Bar USMC just looked like your regular uh, run of the mill Rambo knife. It had no fancy adornment, it had no uh, fancy curves or uh, a weird blade shape to it. It's just like a normal knife. And yet, it cost $100 at the time uh, in Canada. So my mom couldn't understand. She was like, "Why would you want to spend a hundred dollar on a knife that doesn't look like anything special?" And I said, "Because this is a practical knife. This, it, this is a, this is a real knife. This is a knife that you can actually use." And my mom asked me a question that even to this day uh, still make me kind of chuckle at how ridiculous it sounded. Uh, she asked me why would you want a practical real knife who are you planning on killing and i was kind of shocked at the shallowness of the question i was like mom a knife is not for killing people not just for killing people Uh, you know a knife can do a lot of other things Uh, chop wood at campfire uh, uh, whittling, uh, uh, cutting up meat and vegetables and all that stuff. Why, why are you automatically assuming that I want a practical knife just to kill people with? <laughs> and now, a word
0: from our sponsor.
5: Hi, my name is Kelly, and I'm here to tell you about one of the best self-defense programs I've come across. As a mother of two, I don't have a lot of spare time, so the me time I have needs to be quality and wisely spent. And after trying out various martial arts schools and self-defense programs, I settled on tactical personal protection training. This is the perfect program for women and men looking to seek self-defense training and get in shape at the same time. Within four sessions, I felt empowered and safe and also managed to drop five pounds. Here at Tactical Personal Protection Training, we train co-ed and tackle real life and death scenarios. The program is an ever-evolving Krav Maga-based fighting system with an intelligent mix of techniques from other martial arts, such as Kali and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Karate chops, kicking men between the legs, all very cool, of course. Actually disarming a gun-wielding psycho and knowing how to survive being attacked by five people at once? Much, much better. Tactical Personal Protection. Start learning how to protect yourself and your loved ones today. For training info, visit us at tacticalpersonalprotection.com. That's tacticalpersonalprotection.com. Mention the Johnny Tiger Experience Podcast to get your free session today.
3: Welcome back to another action figure review. This week we are taking a look at a very rare figure. Uh, it is M. Bison from the Street Fighter series produced by Sota Sota Toy back in 2004. Uh, unlike the regular release, this is the Psycho Bison, which is pretty much the regular M. Bison figure but cast in complete translucent plastic to uh, show off his psycho power. Uh, The only part that's not translucent blue on this figure is his silver shoulder pad, wristbands and boots. Before we begin, as usual, we are going to uh, take a look at uh, M. Bison's story mode. I'll play you guys some some clips so you guys get an idea. Uh, now I'll give you a short uh, bio first. M. Bison, originally in Japan known as General Vega, was uh, went through a name change when the game got ported to North America. Uh, originally General Vega's underling there was a boxer named M. Bison but Capcom tried to avoid lawsuit from a certain psychotic real-life boxer for using his name, so they did some quick name shuffling, so General Vega became M. Bison, or also known as Master Bison, or Lord Bison, and the boxer was renamed to be Balrog, like the Balrog in Lord of the Ring, and Vega became the name of another underling. So for the sake of this review, we'll just uh, call him by his uh, North American name, M. Bison, or simply Bison. Bison is a big bad of the Street Fighter series for the most part. In the original Street Fighter Alpha, Alpha 2, Alpha 3, Street Fighter 2, Super Street Fighter 2, he was mostly the last opponent you'll fight in the game. Bison is the leader or dictator of the crime syndicate called Shadowloo. He is an extremely dangerous and devious person who uses a strange form of power called psycho power. When he was young, Bison was just a young aspiring martial artist like any other martial artist in the game. But he found this uh, village and the village elder took him in and became his teacher. The elder of the village happened to know a strange power that could control people uh, through the use of the, your spirit, spiritual energy or soul energy. To get uh, more power, Bison actually end up killing his own master. Thus, making himself the only person in the world that could manipulate this form of energy. To further making himself even more powerful than he already was, he somehow purged himself. He sort of uh, got rid of the good part of his personality. You can say that he did a very forcible uh, split, personality split, on himself. So he purged the good part of his person and what's left is all evil and darkness and maniacal. And thus was born the new power called Psycho Power. Through the use of Psycho Power, Bison can fly, he can do telekinetic attacks, he can uh, do energy attacks, and he is pretty much bulletproof and all kind of thing. You can think of Psycho Power as the dark force in Star Wars, Except it's a little bit more badass than even the Dark Force. Without further ado, here is a few sound clips from Bison's story mode.
6: Jade Goat, this is Crimson Viper. Goat, do you copy? Okay, the target's been sighted, I'll begin the operation. Shadow's leader, Bison. So many people have lost their lives in pursuit of this man. Yeah, just like he did.
4: So we
0: finally meet, Bison.
6: Charlie Nash, a US Air Force officer and one of the people who is pursuing Bison.
2: Lord Bison, Commander of Shadowloo, you're under arrest. You'll be questioned once the evac chopper gets here in five minutes. Interesting.
4: Enjoy this time, as it will be the very last Five minutes of your life.
6: There's no way he could have known that Bison's power had already surpassed far beyond the bounds of Nash's imagination.
4: by already not yet
1: there they are (laughs) (laughs) why
4: die is that Lord Bison
6: fine Master of the Poison Hands, Newest General of shadowloo and the sole survivor of a cartel that was obliterated by Bison after a coup. The Nuguha was a huge cartel back then, and it was allegedly under shadowloo's umbrella.
4: You are all fools.
6: After some time, the Nuguha ceased to exist. Bison exterminated all but one of them.
4: And doesn't work on me. <laughs> oh! Please forgive me. From now on, I'm eternally yours to command, Lord Bison. I have no need for loyalty. What? In Shadowdo, only those who wield true strength shall survive. You came against my power, and your strength. Is the only reason you're alive. If you lost that strength, your death would be certain. Survival is that simple. If you want a life in Shadowloon, show me that you can be of use. (sighs) Ah. What is the status of the operation? Yes. How to report,
0: all seven PSAs are in their final stage. The adjustments in our AS and dolls are coming along well, and we're currently testing them
4: in a variety of scenarios. We are so close, we are so very close to finished. With everything in place, the world will be plunged into fear, and they will never again know respite from the absolute and powerful grip of Lord Bison!
6: <laughs> a plan to conquer the world? As I thought. It looks like the engineers behind the missing hackers and S.I.M. researchers was Shadowloo. But the reason why? I never thought Bison and Shadowloo's plans would be so grandiose. <laughs> he saw me. Uh.
4: Huh? You, you mean there's a spy? They have no way of stopping. Soon everything will come to an end.
3: If you notice that I'm using different microphone, it is because uh, the previous segment of this review was actually recorded three years ago, uh, actually two years ago. Um, I actually recorded the complete review uh, back then as, as the last half went missing. So I am filling in the missing portion, which is actually the meat of the review itself. So. Uh, sorry about the difference in sound quality, and uh, or lack thereof, um, and different in microphone that may be disorienting for some people. So let's get back to the review of M. Bison, or more specifically in this case, Psycho Bison. Now I had been looking for this figure for a long long time, I think not getting the complete collection of uh, Street Fighter action figures back in the early 2000s were would, would forever remain one of my deepest regrets where action figures concerned back then to get uh, Psycho Bison and Evil Ryu in the set it would have cost about 25 dollar and now if you want to get them in the get get them in a the set never mind in the set get individual one of them uh, on eBay or Amazon, you're paying almost $200, probably more, for each of these figures. It's ridiculous how much they've been marked up now that they are a uh, sort of vintage collector item. I was lucky to be able to get uh, Psycho Bison here for a measly, very painful $60, which was still really ouchy. Uh, but when I saw him coming up on eBay for that price, I knew if I didn't snatch him then and there, I would probably, probably regret this a lot more later on. Now, while the price tag was very steep, I must say that this is a hell of an awesome looking figure. He is casting clear blue plastic, Uh, the part of his uniform that is metal and uh, like his buckle and the metal plates on his boots, those are painted silver. He doesn't have his cape, although he does have the huge shoulder pads that allow him to uh, focus his psycho power in the game. Other than uh, that, he also comes with a, a free floating stand uh, that 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 is in the shape of a blue flame Uh, and this thing is eight inches tall uh, actually almost 12 inches tall when you include the base and underneath that and you can stand Bison inside the flame and he looks simply awesome. I have heard that uh, there are two versions of uh, M. Bison in the games One version is much more slender and the other version is really buffed up. This is obviously the buffed up version because this guy is massive. He stands 7 inches tall and manages to make Thor uh, from Marvel Legends look puny. And he's not quite Incredible Hulk proportion but he is close. Let me tell you that, this is one seriously muscular dude uh, and yet at the same time his physique portrays the kind of agility and speed that large characters usually don't have uh, it's a very nice sculpt uh, uh, from his uh, musculature to uh, the details on his clothes uh, his uniform uh, look like that like punching and uh, wrinkled up around his massive bulging muscles and unfortunately because how big his muscles are make his head look a tad tiny Des- despite being quite large M. Bison is very well articulated he's articulated at the neck, shoulders, biceps, elbows, wrists, uh, he has a torso crunch, waist joint, side joint, double jointed knees, and even the plates on his boots are artic- articulated to allow his feet maximum range of movement. He can stand very very well on his own, although if you use the fireball stand he come with, you have to pose him very carefully because he is quite top-heavy, and when he's standing inside the uh, fireball. His feet are very close together so he tend to want to dive forward off the shelf. Um, I actually broke the head off of mine because of that he, he fell off the shelf and broke his neck and I had to do some uh, very creative cussing and home surgery repair to uh, get him back to being able to uh, be on display again. Overall, uh, if you can get this figure for about $50-60, which would be extremely difficult, I say go for it. Just grab him. Because this figure and other figures from the Street Fighter line are really, really hard to come by nowadays, especially with reasonable prices. And if you are a fan of fighting games, uh, or N or Street Fighter, you definitely would want this guy on your shelf. For blind collectors, M. Bison is a delight uh, in texture, uh, just because of his bulk and all the sculptural details on this guy. Thank you for checking out the review of Psycho Bison. And I'm going to end the review with a fight scene from the uh, Street Fighter animated series where M. Tyson is single-handedly kicking the asses of our two main heroes of the series.
0: How the hell can we attack that? Just don't let your guard down.
1: Psycho Crusher!
4: fight this guy. You can still avoid death, Ken. Join us. Declare your obedience and you shall live.
0: You've reached the age where you've learned a thing or two. If something wears down, you find a way to get it working again. After all, your generation invented rock and roll and went to the moon. You're a 55-year-old badass. So why should you let erectile dysfunction get you down? Wait, what? Are you talking about me? Yeah, you. Well, I do not suffer from erectile dysfunction. Sure you do. No, I assure you I do not. Do too. In fact, you're living in what doctors often call a no-bone zone. No, I'm not. Sure you are. Your neighbors call you Noodle Man.
4: Why would they call me... Anyway,
0: talk to your doctor if you're taking nitrates for chest pain and to see if your heart is healthy enough for sexual activity. Side effects... Hey, listen to me. I do not have ED. Read your wife's blog. What? Yeah, just Google The Adventures of Softy McGee. This can't be happening. Shit, I'm gonna be late for work. After all, you're the guy everyone has always looked up to as a leader. So why should you let a little thing like erectile dysfunction stop you from being you? Uh, damn it, I'm giving a presentation to investors right now. Hey, 20 million guys have ED. I mean, not as bad as you do. Sex for you must be like trying to squish a marshmallow into a coin slot. So I wouldn't worry about it so much, Softy McGee. Don't call me that. Oh, sorry. I'll call you something better. Like Noodle Man. Yeah, that's catchy. Noodle Man, the Noodle Man a does as much as a noodle can. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! So, our, uh, our, uh, we're actually exceeding expectations this quarter. Call a doctor if you experience an erection lasting four hours or longer. Oh, wait, forget it. This is Softie McGee we're talking about. All right, enough! When does this commercial end? Could you just tell me about the Viagra or whatever the product is? First, admit you have a problem. All right, I have a problem. What kind of problem? I have an erectile dysfunction problem. (laughs) All right, dammit. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to find out if my doctor thinks Viagra is right for me? I don't know. This isn't a commercial. This is God. It's a super slow day in heaven. Just thought I would take some time to mess with you today about your
4: boner problems.
0: Why, God, why? Is it because I laughed at that old lady when she fell over?
1: It was very funny! Barely ads, the stupid,
0: fake commercials.
1: Oh!
0: Her bloomers went over her head! And you were there, you saw them. Forget it!
3: <laughs>
0: well, like we uh, like to say here at Best Industries, uh, invest with the best. I'm sorry, could you please? Are, you're not tweeting this, are you? Ooh, follow me at God. I follow back.
3: Three men died and went to heaven. While standing in the line up at the pearly gate, Saint Peter came up to them and told them. Heaven is a really big place. So to make it a little bit easier on you guys, God has decided to give all newcomers a mode of transportation. But obviously, Because of the new budget cut, we can't give everybody the same transportation, so what kind of transportation you get is going to be determined on how faithful you were to your wife when you were alive. John, you have cheated five times, so for that, you will only get a bicycle. Ah, gee, said John, but, you know, what could he do, right? So he uh, went off with his newfound bicycle. And then St. Peter turned to Paul. Well, Paul, you've cheated twice. So for that, well, you will get a motorcycle. Oh, oh, well, that's not bad, said Paul, and uh, went off happily with his motorcycle. Michael, said St. Peter. Peter, you were a good man. You never cheated once, so for that, you get a spanking new Ferrari. A week later, the three men met for lunch, and John said, "You know, I was kind of bummed about just getting a bicycle, but now that I think about it, it's actually not bad. I mean..." I got to cheat five times uh, and slept with some beautiful women when I was alive and now I don't have to uh, worry too much about parking and obviously no one's going to steal my bike here in heaven, so it's not a bad deal, and not to mention, it's great exercise. And Paul said, yeah, well, you know, the motorbike is pretty cool too, uh, I mean, I got to cheat a couple of times and, uh, you know, I always like to uh, be a biker, so th- this is great, this is awesome." And then they looked at each other and they turned to Michael and said, "'Man, you got it the best, like, you you must be an awesome guy, like, you know, to, to think you got a Ferrari, like, that that's so awesome.'" And then they were both in shock as they saw Michael started to cry. Oh, come on, man, what's the matter? You got a Ferrari! <laughs> Said Michael. Yeah, on the way here, I saw my wife. She was roller skating!
1: <laughs>
3: oh, man. That's the ultimate irony right there. (laughs) Um, Before we end the episode, I want to draw your attention to a very, very awesome app. Do you like to stay fit while having a lot of fun? Are you the kind of person who likes a good story? And do you like zombies? Because if you do all the above, then download Zombies Run on your iPhone. You can play it for free or you can pay to unlock all the features. This app will keep you fit, allowing you to run or jog or walk on the treadmill outside or just running on the spot, indoor, and while you're running, you are progressing through the story, uh, doing different missions in a zombie 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 apocalypse world. Yeah, talk about bloopers. Um, So yes, if you like to get fit, download Zombies Run. This app has helped me so much. I used to hate running, but now I run every week. I just did a run today, ran for an hour nonstop and clocked in around nine kilometers. So that was pretty awesome. Um, So with that, we come to the end of the episode. Don't forget, if you have questions, feedback, uh, or uh, have requests about sponsorship form or uh, donation questions, send it to Tiger at shaw.ca. That's johnnytiger at shaw.ca. Please rate, subscribe, and comment and leave review on iTunes so more people can hear about this awesome, awesome podcast. You can also find me on johnnytiger.com. Or find me as Johnny Tiger or Johnny Ty on YouTube. I'm also on Reddit and you can find me and my night strike self-defense for the blind project on Facebook. Thank you for being here with me for episode twenty. I will see you guys later.
1: I can see by your eyes that you probably crying forever, and the stars in the sky told me nothing to you then me. I